For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. This man said, don't be acting all brand new in here. <laughs> you introduce yourself in this group chat. Mm-hmm. It's like when you walk into any room, the old folks say, what's wrong with you? You're not, you're not gonna <laughs> say something when you walk into the room. <laughs> oh, people funny, man. I wonder if that was the same for Jason. Yes. Did uh, the old folks when you were younger, did they get disturbed if you didn't say hi to the people in the room? I don't remember that issue coming up. Um, so, no. What, lay out the scenario for me. Like, what, what is it? When is a kid doing this? A kid's walking so, into a room just not saying hello? Yeah. Whenever yeah. you walk into a space, home, uh, room, said room where there's like a small enough room to greet everybody you're supposed to go up and say hi to everybody or at least wave or something and speak to people that bothers a lot of older folks in the community if you Um, don't do it so if if you don't so a kid just walk into a room could be family members could be not could be Mm -hmm. your parents have friends over you Mm -hmm. walk into the room there's six adults there and you just uh you know grab your legos and leave that's yes that is okay now yeah i got it Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't remember that specifically, but there was, there, there was always a uh, respect for adults. And I, I have seen a lot of kids where like, they won't answer an adult. That's not their parents. Oh, and that would, that would never fly in my house when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. never, that would never fly right now with my kids. Like you, you answer an adult, you answer anybody really that speaks to you. Yeah, that's that's a that's a real easy way to get the you know the pop 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 you know in the back of the head. You feel me? Yeah, well, you back asking, in the day, you, you asking for the trouble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you you go over a friend's house, and, you know they parents let your parents know. You know when he walked in that he he didn't speak to everybody. <laughs> really, <laughs> it's even worse when they when they are let known about the offense. Like if this, if they huh? see if they see the offense. Then it's it's a little bit lighter on the punishment. But if they were let known of the offense, I don't know why if they felt that it was even more disrespectful. Because here's my thing, and here's my thing, Tom. Because like this is happened with my grandma a lot. So she would have her little Bible studies during the middle of the summertime when me and my brother would go over there. Shbs, little throwback. SEHB camp. <laughs> a little callback to SEHB camp. But like uh, she Russ Dorsey, her... a proud product of SEHB no, camp. No. A proud a piss, alum. A pissed off alum of SEHBs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she'd have her little Bible studies in the middle of the day. And like they'd be 10, 11 old ladies. And me and my brother would be there. And they'd just like, yo, I'm going to grab the game and go to the other room. 
And I don't know these older ladies. I just know my grandma. And so I walk in, like, trying to be inconspicuous. And then my grandma goes, you're not going to speak to all the ladies? And then I got to go, hi, everybody. And then they say <laughs> hi. And it's like, grandma, Is that good enough? You can just kind of do one hello to the yes, entire room? Yes, yeah. that's good enough. Go to each person and say, hello, Miss Johnson. No, hello, no. Miss Roberts. I didn't know. You, you, 90% that would have been worse. Yeah, 90% of the time, you don't even know the people in the room. No. Your, your parents or grandparents or whoever is just mad that you didn't acknowledge the people in the room. Mm-hmm. So they just want a hey everybody. That's all. Yeah. That's all they want. But yeah. still, like don't don't get smart and then actually go up to everybody and say, "I don't get the How you doing? How you doing?" That's bad. That feels like Yeah, cuz you're being okay. a smart ass right. at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Tony, you're trying to communicate to me that this is a, a spe- an issue specific to the black community, you think? I've only seen it. I've only seen it in the black community. In the, in the black community? Maybe maybe in the people of color communities. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, never mind, never mind. Like Stephanie, she told me like that growing up, that is and that is a thing. You gotta speak to people when you walk in. Otherwise, there'll be big issues. I think with my kids, we've always my kids are eight and eleven now, but like we've always had them interacting with our friends since they were babies. So they've always been taught that, you know, friends of mine are are friends of you of yours that you need to acknowledge so i don't think it would ever even happen like if you were at my house russ and my kids got home from some activity and walked in the house that they would just blow right by you they'd be happy to see you for one because they know you but right but that's kind of indicative of my bigger point is that they, my kids would know pretty much anybody that would be at our house because we've taught them to treat any of our friends like family friends yeah no in these scenarios you almost never know the people that your parents want so, to Okay, to so yeah, because you talked about you being your grandmother's house. So like if I was at my grandfather's house and he had a bunch of friends over, yeah, I mean. See? Yeah, see? I don't know. See? Like, I see it. See? Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just don't know these people. And I don't, do I really want to know them? No. I'm trying to get the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will Tony, say, though, it, it does help now in adulthood. Because it makes it easier to go in any room and be the most interesting person there. Because nobody, like these days, everybody's scared to people of, now. Yeah, yeah. So you instantly become the the center of attention, the the most interesting person in the room, just simply because you spoke to everybody, and that's really weird. To me, it's a thing of respect. You have to respect other people, and saying hello to other people, acknowledging other people's presence is. A form of respect and so if my kids were not doing that i would file that under the category of disrespect tony you were saying earlier like you you were saying this would be something you would get smacked in the back of the head over is that what you're saying yeah yeah just a little you know pop 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 you know let's just you know hey that's not what we do here okay you know try try it again so back in the day when that was acceptable which i think was all of our childhoods Mm -hmm. uh even with the wait you can't do that now I don't think you can do that now. You can smack kids now. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed own. to. Your kids? According to who? Uh, according to the state, I believe. All right. Oh, no, I don't right. Hold, that on, hold on. <laughs> I'm typing like, in Google. Can no you smack, physical can you smack violence kids? All right. Or your kids at all. Russ is going to do some producing for us. Um, but what was, what was the worst uh, physical discipline that you remember as a kid? 
Tony, are you here, man? Like, uh, like oh, I thought I'm you were talking to Russ. Like, Tony, I'm, I'm just having I'm, a conversation I'm, I'm, with I'm myself. I'm looking at the law. I'm looking at the law. <laughs> he's, um, he's, trying to, he's trying to do legal research. I ask you a question. You immediately pull out your big gulp. Um, did you not have a chance to eat dinner before we did the show? No. Like, didn't we just um, go over this again last week? A little refresher on company policy about eating and drinking during the show? Yeah, you didn't hear it, though. Put myself on mute. Okay, I didn't hear anything because you just said nothing when I went to. <laughs> um, first remembrance of a punishment. Um, I think it's so ingrained that you don't remember actually the fir- the, the you know the first one. I think but some the first of them one got that- creative. Some of them got no, no, not yeah. the first. You weren't even listening, so you were also you were a not talking when I needed you to, and b mm-hmm. not listening. So I'm not sure what you were doing other than drinking a big gulp. What is what is it? Was there okay? Let me give you an example. I still mm-hmm. remember being like maybe three or four years old and getting spanked with a hairbrush. Oh. Do you do you what 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 memorable physical discipline do you do you uh, comes to mind from childhood? I'm gonna refrain from answering this question. <laughs> <laughs> or, and I like, wasn't even I wasn't even a bad kid, but I'm gonna refrain because <laughs> my parents are listeners to this podcast. And you're still scared? No, it's you're not still about being no, it's just like, I don't. You can't be taken want, away from them, Russ. You're no, no, in your no. 20s. You're an adult. Listen, you have your own all right, place. All right. All right. Your joke was funny. It's not that. It's I don't want people to look at my parents differently. I would something like that. That, 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 that. That's. Well, do you? I know I, this is I, a, this is a, this is a hot button issue. And honestly, the one that I remember didn't even happen to me. It happened. But to it wasn't. Brother. It wasn't that hot button of an issue. 25, 30 years. ago. No, but it but it is now. That's why I'm like, I, I want to limit my jokes because I know people mm-hmm. feel strongly. By the way, I found okay. the law. Um, Thank you. The Abused and Neglected Child Reporting Act, Section 325, ILCS 53. Okay. The law allows a parent to spake their children. The law really? also does, uh, the law does state that the parent must use only a reasonable amount of force and cannot excessively spank their child. The language is vague. Determining what a reasonable amount of force means is not always easy. The de- uh, de- determination may look different depending on where a person resides. That's fair. That's a fair okay. law. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Excellent production, too, by the way. Yeah, see how it's done, Tony? Littest producer in the game right here. <laughs> <laughs> not littest because littest would have looked that up on some website we'd never heard of or read urban or dictionary yeah what would, what would be uh no see uh, the most, real to me most, the direct most person. proficient most proficient producer in the game but that doesn't sound as fun did you guys see oh. lawrence sent us a text that we can't he, he he wants tony to stop calling himself littest producer in the game because uh red lobster used it in an ad yeah man that their steak and lobster is lit yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like just uh Red Lobster was already going down. You, you remember when Red Lobster it was the pinnacle. It was the, the pinnacle. pinnacle of fine dining. Like, well, no, I don't I don't know if that, well, no, tell, I, don't tell, that was tell, ever, I don't know about all that. That, that might have been a dream you had, but because here's nah, here's what nah. here's tell them I'm gonna back you, but I'm telling I'm gonna back you for a, a split second because I think for certain people Red Lobster was a lot better in the 90s, early thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Cheddar biscuits, uh, oh, ultimate feast, so all the, mm-hmm. still good. Depending on which I like, I like Red Lobster, Russ, like mm, one to two times a year. 
I still like to I still like to eat a red lobster like once or twice in a year because the so, biscuits, man, how many of those biscuits do you think you could put down if you didn't have to worry about your body? Oh, easily a dozen. A dozen, if, mm. like nothing. Oh, yes. the starting point on the conversation is a dozen. The first nine of them would be while they're still hot and they would literally yes. just dissolve in your mouth. Mm. Like you would how, basically how come, be drinking them. They, how come they don't have that as a eating contest? You know how many people be signing up for that? Bro, I'd sign up. <laughs> I go run run a few miles and then go to the biscuit contest. But I will say this. So I don't I, I think tone for a lot of other people, people would go to like actual seafood restaurants. I think some people would view Red Lobster as a uh the McDonald's of seafood establishments. Now uh you know, but I I think I think you're right. However, your perception is some one that isn't uh doesn't go across the board because you just went to your first steakhouse like two years ago. So your Four opinion, years Tony, there was yeah. no, just, okay. So your Russ opinion is, is, is kind of tarnished here. Russ, no, is no, being, I'm, uh, I'm Russ is being a little bit mean, but he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's a little, you know, how's that mean? Well, it's not the nicest well, thing to say, it's, but, it's not but, my, in, it, but in Russ's defense, you just referred to red lobster, red lobster. It's no fine dining. Was fine he dining. called it fine dining. They don't even. You know what I mean? That. They would never. You know what I mean? Well, what, what I'm saying, I don't think that now. I'm saying back in the day, your parents weren't taking you to the Red Lobster. That was a date for them. I, okay, and okay. 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 This is tone, that's I'm a good you. clarification, Russ. I'm that with helps. You. No, that makes I'm sense now. You. Now I understand what he was saying. I'm with Tone. Red Lobster was part. like a special treat, basically. Yes. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give him that. I'll give him as that. A, as a child. And, and you're correct. Yes, yes. that's right. Agreed. Uh, going to like even a Chili's or an Applebee's as a kid was like, you know, a big deal. Um, When's the last time y'all went to an Apple? I mean, uh, Applebee's. When's the last time y'all went to a uh, Red Lobster? I, I can't. I don't know. But I usually go like once. I probably went sometime in 2021. I probably went. There was probably some road trip that I was on for work. And I was in some place that I don't really have anything I like to do there, like Cincinnati or whatever, and was like, you know what? Tonight would be a good night to have some Red Lobster. And I probably shoveled down, you know, six plus of those biscuits in addition to whatever I got. That's how you that's how you conserve the cost. Keep bringing the biscuits. Oh, I'll take the the little chicken chickadee tendos. You feel me? That'll in some water. We all good. I just saved me a bunch of money. Did you call them the chickadee tenders? Yeah. So you're chicken tendies. You know what I'm so, so you're de- So we already say you're seven years old, but you ordering chicken tenders at a seafood restaurant. Um, <laughs> that's wild. The last time I went to, <laughs> it really is. So he's right. <laughs> the last time, calling, I went to, and I bet you he'd still order them as chickadee tender. What did yes. he say? He would 100% say, tell the waitress, um, can I get some chickadee tenders? And he would say it like that. <laughs> and she would be, she would just look at him quizzically and he'd be like, you know, stemming. Yeah. And she'd be like, um, do you mean chicken tenders? And she'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. In my in my house, we spent a whole weekend a few weeks ago saying that to each other, just all mimicking that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't even get a handle on what accent that is, or it's just this weird Tony thing. I can't imitate it. Uh, I'm not going to keep trying to. I find myself saying it in his voice throughout the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> you also hear me do that church. It all that almost sounds like a Canadian accent. Yeah, Canadian uh, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. We can Hi. dig more yeah. into Red Lobster, or uh, as I call it, the Lob. Once we get the show going, but I like the to hit lob. the Lob. Well, what else would you call it? Red Lobster. You can call it the Lob. If you can call something chickeny tenders, I can call it the Lob. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do that either. You say do neither. Yes, that's fair too. Come on, have fun with words, guys. You guys yeah, are wordsmiths. Right. Have fun with them. Yeah. I can't write chickadee tenders in an article tone. Sorry. That'd be, that'd be dope I, if you could. I'm teaching my kids to say that, though, at least. <laughs> That's going to become another weird Tony Gill inside joke that has, um, like, you know, spread into my house. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey, and our producer, Tony Gill, on the boards. Glad to have you. We are going to get into... Deshaun Watson suspension, Juan Soto trade, and plenty more. Like, I know we're going to talk about those things, but there are a million things that I don't know that we're going to get to, and we're going to all find out together. The show kind of starts on a course and then goes any direction it pleases. Crashes somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, but in a fun way, Russ. Like <laughs> The crash like, is fun, yes. Yeah, into chickadee tenders, as you heard. And uh, if you were listening in on our pre-show meeting here, um, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. Are we doing the thing where you play the sound and I have to pause for it or no, Tony? He doesn't have the thing anymore. And, so and that's fine. You know, I don't don't even start. I know you're going to do all these reasons for why you don't have it, but like, send me, tell me, just send me a text and say, hey, I'm, sound effects are going to be added in post this week. That's all. No, from now on. It's a from now on thing. Yeah, it was probably for at least for a little while. Until, Until yeah, uh, at least for a little. There it is, Russ. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. I, <laughs> Until, Just very vague. I like, know what the real answer is. So for no, a little no, while, it doesn't no, even they're, suffice. They're, like, they're going to be – the sound effects will be added in post until one random week in September. All of a sudden, they won't be. And I'll, and I will I'll put, be – I will put I'll a be talking line. over them, continuing to go on in an ad read while he's just over there, doop, 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 pressing all his buttons. Uh, Sheets I'll, and I'll Giggles. Put, Sheets and Giggles are sponsors. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Unless you're doing a Sheets and Giggles endorsement right now, you can. Put your big gulp down, Tony. Put your big gulp down. You can have your big golf during the breaks, okay? Russ, you've been waiting for me to go like this on him, haven't you? Yes, please. Yeah. It's taken over a year and a half, but I'm glad. I'm sitting there. here surprised at my. I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at myself like, where's this guy been? I'm like somebody about to get. <laughs> they asked you, <laughs> Jason. You see? Yeah, yeah. It feel good, don't it? It feel good. It did, it did actually. See? Yeah. He got a little red. He got a little red. Yeah, the blood right. I didn't get a chance to run today, but now this kind of feels like, you know, mm -hmm. some cardio. We pay you. Keep the mic on and don't eat and drink during segments. There we go, Jason. I've been waiting. I'm, glad, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could I'm be everybody's waiting. punching bag. Thank you, guys. I'm I'm be waiting for this one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, now nah, now you're going to play victim. Oh, okay, guys. This is the same thing that happens with my kids sometimes, though, is it's like I'm trying to discipline them, but I'm having a hard time keeping a straight face. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can get uh, $23 off your order of anything there, including their fine mattress, their wonderful sheets, comforter, duvet, duvet cover, throw blanket, um, just by going there with our link. You don't need a promo code or anything. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, and you'll automatically get $23 off applied at checkout. Shout out to the GOAT Chris Cody. Big shiggles last week represent, uh, representing Sheets and Giggles. Coming in hard. Whoa, sorry. Never Whoa. 
<laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I mean, wasn't isn't that Tony's slogan that he made up for them? Get soft so you can get hard. That's or was what it he the said. Way around? That's yeah. definitely what it was. Yeah, I think that's the way. I think I got it right. Yeah, because yeah. I Oh yeah. Get, oh yeah. Get, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, our show, Sports Jason, is also brought to you by Homage. You can go to Homage and use our promo code SPORTS20, SPORTS20, and you're going to get 20% off an incredible array of stuff. They have so many cool things on there. Everybody always talks about their graphic tees, so let's stay on that. They supply the graphic tees for our show. We'll tell you in a second what we picked out for today, but they have their Hall of Fame pack dropped this week. It's out right now. If you're hearing this, you can go get it, and they have 14 Hall of Fame player T-shirts that they made. Have you looked at these? Have you guys looked I'm at these? They're so excited very, very for, nice. for these. Oh, you, you, you need to you need to see them. They are very very nice. Randy Moss, yes, Brett Star, Brian Dawkins, Jerome Bettis, Jerry Rice, Derek Thomas, Terrell Davis. Uh, tons, 14 on there, and that's always expanding. They also have you know, team player collection packs coming out next week. Uh, the Bills, Chiefs, Packers, and 49ers. I believe they're releasing for all the teams over the course of the season. I know that the Bears will be eventually for them, but uh, Bills, Chiefs, Packers, 49ers is a heck of a way to start. Um, I chose what I think is, you can make the case this is the coolest t-shirt they sell, in my opinion, especially if you're a, if, if you're my age, if you're, if you're, you know, grew up in the 90s and you love baseball, the Ken Griffey Jr., Sweetest swing in baseball T-shirt, Russ. You have this one already, I think. Don't I you? Do. do you have the I exact have same one? I, I, I was gonna say, I think one. they had a. They have another version of it, don't they? I have, that I have the one navy from, blue from Seattle, and I also have the one from Cincinnati. The black, and black. Red. It's yeah. black and red. Yeah. It's. I think it's hard for a baseball player to have an iconic swing like that. Like Jeff Bagwell had the weird stance, but Ken Griffey Jr. that looping swing, like everybody would recognize a silhouette of that. This is a Barry, great looking, great looking shirt. Yeah. Barry uh, Bonds, maybe, iconic swing, uh, Carlos Gonzalez from the Rockies, similar fashion. He to me is the closest to junior. He didn't have the career that junior did, but like from the left side, Carlos cargo swing, beautiful chef's kiss. That was a nice little tribute you did there. <laughs> I love the Ken Griffey Jr. stuff. They have several Ken Griffey Jr. shirts on there, but this one I think is the best and maybe even the best T-shirt that Ahmed sells, the Ken Griffey Jr. Sweetest Swing in Baseball shirt. Russ, what would you pick? I have my uh, NBA Jam, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Just a good old throwback to the two greatest shooters in the history of basketball. It's a good one. It looks nice. Thank you. It's comfy, as all shirts of homage are. They really are, man. I'm going to go on there and load up. They have the go-to collection, which is like long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, joggers, regular sweatpants, all that yeah. stuff. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely I'm going to load up for my uh, fall gear right now. That's oh, the thing. Right. You're not thinking about it. You're not, you're not <laughs> yep. thinking about it right now. Yep. You just load but, up. See, October, November, Russ is going gonna, gonna, to, October, November, Russ is going to be like, he's going to send you a thank you card. He's going to be like, yep. thank you. Thank you, August Russ, for thinking of me yep. and that I would be Mildly uncomfortable in a t-shirt this time of year. So you got me a sweatshirt. Thank you, August Russ. Tone, what'd you pick? I picked the greatest shooter ever in Steph Curry. Chef Curry, they got him in kind of like a comic book form here. Uh, it says kaboom on the shirt because he's just that magnificent as a player. Wait, how'd it go? Could, how'd it go, Tone? Kaboom! <laughs> Speaking of what you, I love kaboom cereal. 
Yo, what? Kaboom cereal was fire. They don't which have one, that anymore. Which, which one was Kaboom cereal? It it's was like, the one with the clown it has on marshmallows, it. right? It has marshmallows. Man, I miss Kaboom. People that are listening to this podcast are going to think about Kaboom cereal and think about, like, man, we need that back. They need to run that back. But that, there was so much food coloring in that. Uh, I, I loved every bit of it. Give me all that dye. <laughs> that, that added the flavor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. The, so- not the B with the, all the different dyes. Mm-hmm, B16 mm-hmm. dye and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that turned mm-hmm. your insides green. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to make it ketchup. like this. The ketchup that was green and purple that mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. Looked, the Lord knows what it did to us. So mm. much weird stuff over the years with that stuff. Um, just to wrap up, though, on homage, you can go there and get 20% off with our promo code SPORTS20, SPORTS20. They got the Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame player T-shirts out there. They've got everything there. Like This is one of the great things about working with a company like this is I can tell you, go find something. Go look there. You'll find something you like. And also, once you get it, you're going to love it. The quality is so good. The prints are cool. The t-shirt, the materials they use, they're very soft, very cool. 20% off if you use our promo code SPORTS20, SPORTS20. Russ, do you remember they had uh, they had the green ketchup? They've had who knows what all they've done. They with had the tons of ketchup. They were like green ketchup, was a- blue ketchup, um, purple ketchup. You had, well, I think we talked about this a little bit. Uh, crustless bread remember i was telling my parents wouldn't get us the crustless bread uh and all the cool kids had it at school thanks mom and dad appreciate you for now you didn't need it crust crustless <laughs> bread is like uncrustable i mean but but tom, me here's, but tom tom here's the thing bro. i agree by the way i agree i get i i'm with that now but as a, a first grader tone if you saw all the kids that had crustless bread and here i come with some uh split top sandwich mm-hmm. wheat you weren't hungry but Tone, me all that fiber. Stop, baby. stop sounding like Cheryl and Ricky. All that, all <laughs> no, that fiber. No. They, they was in there hungry. Like, oh, give man, me the iron. Hungry. Give me the Iron Kids Uncrustables white sandwich bread as a first grader. Can you th- look? I'm not trying to pick a fight with you. I want to understand. Nah, okay? you like you like taking my. You take my parents' side too often. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I promise you, I'm not doing. Look, this is a safe <laughs> space. I want to have a real conversation. All right. This is how we should approach conversations from. Uh, you know, across bread preference lines, Russ. Uh, <laughs> I I never have understood people who didn't want the crust on their bread or I don't. And maybe you'll help me understand. Maybe this is a totally separate category. The crust on their pizza. I never I, I thought the crust on the pizza is a good thing. And the crust on the bread like is is, is an so, essential part. So anyway, it's, that way it's not mush. So, look, I'm not criticizing you. I'm not. So a couple things. Just though. help me understand what so is a the couple, problem uh, with crust uh, on bread. Uh, a couple things, Jason. You act like I feel that way now. I'm talking about when no, I was no, 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 in no, no, first Russ, grade. Russ, Russ, you're getting very defensive about this. <laughs> because you're acting like I was going this way. No, I, and even if you did, who cares? That's but I don't. Question. But I don't. But I don't. So let's not even throw that out but there. Help me understand why children don't want crust on bread because I never felt Because that. they're kids. Yeah, but what's 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 the problem with the crust? Jason, 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 stop. You have children that are young. Sometimes it doesn't matter what the logic is. They're kids. They don't understand <laughs> that they should have crust right. on the bread. Okay. It's just let kids be uh, let the kids be the kids. They don't like the crust on their bread. They only like ketchup. They like eating mm. uh chicken tenders and macaroni and cheese until they're like 10, then they get into other foods. Like it they're kids. So sometimes just let kids enjoy kid things. Nah. Like as a kid, I used to put chips on my sandwich. Oh, I think adults still do. My wife does that. My wife loves to do that. 
But I get that. I get that because chips taste really good. And so even though that's not what I do, but I get it. I don't understand the problem with crust on bread. And you've done nothing to help me understand it. Jason. Yell at me. Jason, you're 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 doing this. You do this. You're doing this thing that you like to do where you know what the hell I'm saying, but you want to make funnies. <laughs> it makes I'm you not. Like you don't, it makes you like you don't understand what I'm talking about. I, I literally explained I wasn't doing that. I literally explained, you explained it. So your explanation, said, your full explanation is just that kids are irrational. Yes. Okay, all right. Okay. I said I was a kid. I was in first grade. I like bread with crust right now. Like I'm a 27-year-old adult who likes crust on the bread. Here's I get it. Here's but here's as, a, as a first grader, look, man, if I see the rest of the kids in the class got crustless bread and I'm only the only jamoke with crust on the bread. <laughs> what a great word. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like people I I'd be I'd feel away. Now here's because I'm the kid, I'm the weirdo that has the uh whole wheat bread in first grade. Made you here's, feel uh made you feel made you feel different, huh? I did. Was, made yeah. you feel poor? Was uh, the crustless bread like like a level up and you're it like, was hmm. in, in in for for kids, it was kind of like okay. the sign of affluence. Like okay. the kids that had the crustless bread. And, you know, and, and shout out to my parents, but like, hey, they weren't, they didn't care about the crustless bread. They said, yo, take this whole wheat. Yeah. Young first grade Russell Roberts. Because they probably cared about making car payments. Yes. And tuition payments. Respect. And you being health, <laughs> as healthy as possible. All right. Well, I don't know right, that the crust so. is right, healthy. The right. crust is not anything different, is it? Yo. Isn't it just cooked because <laughs> <more? laughs> it's on the outside? And and so here's the other thing, Jason, the throwback. And we talked about this uh, in in the first hundred. When my dad put sandwich spread <laughs> on, yes. on the sandwich mm-hmm. without telling the rest mm-hmm. of the group. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, it's like, yo, tell us before we get out the car. Yo, ran out of mayo. Do some sandwich spread on there until you bite, expecting mayo, and you get oh ranch, ranch, Onion. the surprise. You get honey mustard surprise. I've had that. You get the French dressing surprise. That was the one I was like. Who in the hell packed the lunch today? <laughs> because why did I bite this bread and get some red French dressing on my bread? But that's neither here nor there. All right, so, here's how you know if you're grown, grown. You eating oh, that in piece? Wait. Oh, the booty bread? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I was getting chewed up. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, but tone, tone is definitely right. The booty bread. <laughs> tone, tone, tone is definitely right. Because as a kid, didn't no kid want the booty bread? Mm-hmm. True. You weren't mm-hmm. eating the booty even bread. If you, even if you like the crust on the bread, correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. You weren't yeah, you're right. Now, now? Well, throw that joint in the toaster, put some jelly on that, some butter on that. I'm eating the shit. Bring it out here. Out of the booty bread. Bring it out here. <laughs> Oh, uh, while we're on bread topics, because I, I actually like where we're going here. Uh, yeah, favorite, sure. This is our bread segment. Yes. Favorite breads. Mm. Pumpernickel. Mm. Solid. Ex- I knew he would say that. He's a pumper. He looks like a pumpernickel type of guy. That's a black man, you know. Uh, you just got to take it now, Jason. You, I mean, it usually should be like a second half of that sentence, though. No, it's understood. No. That, uh, pumpernickel is... Uh, the okay. darkest of all the breads. Okay. It is the ne- it is the Negro of the bread community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason, your they- favorite bread. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, sourdough. That's it for my turn. <laughs> um, I I like a good I like a good whole wheat. 
especially for sandwich, uh, brown berry. Uh, I also like hollow bread a lot. Mm. Also really good for making sandwiches. Cinnamon raisin. Yeah. Can't have that one all the time, but I'm with uh, you. I'm with you. I, I use white as a treat on very rare occasions. I never get white bread. But if I know that I'm going to be making like French toast, uh, there's nothing like having a solid white bread right there. Soaking up all that flavor right there. Right, Jason? Yes. I like the bread. I like any bread that has rosemary in it. That's really good. There's another one. Uh, p- the potato buns. You gotta oh, get that. If you're, if you're doing yes. burgers, oh, potato burgers. Martin's, burgers. To Martin's is, potato. Martin, oh, yes. That, I, we don't tough. buy any other hamburger Earth. or hot dog bun, but that. You Once I found have, out that's, about that's them, what you have to have mm-hmm. for burgers. So I we yeah. we didn't use those uh, in our household. So it wasn't either. I didn't even know about them. It until wasn't until that. the pandemic, and uh, we were in quarantine. It was like that first couple of weeks where you I think I came on here and said that I didn't have any food and so I had hella hot dogs <laughs> but I just <laughs> grabbed the Martin's potato rolls first time and I've never gone back mm. potato never bread gone hit, back. man it hit different it does potato bread hits different uh, you wrap it around a glizzy <sighs> Glizzy gladiator. That I see that word doesn't make you laugh because you're just used to hearing it, I guess, Russ, but that one's still yeah. a new one to me. Russ, the Deshaun Watson situation has changed some of how I look at sports because I typically have had the attitude of I don't I don't need morality in my sports. I don't need to get signals from sports about what's right and wrong. I don't raise my kids to say, hey, just, uh, you know, do as the athletes on TV do anything like that. This has crossed a line to me with Deshaun Watson, where the things that are alleged against him are stomach turning. And it got more stomach turning to me this week. And with the with the arbitrators ruling of six games as of our recording of this, the NFL has appealed that they're looking for, I think, a year uh, minimum 17 game suspension for him and a big financial uh, penalty for him. I don't know if that'll be settled by the time this comes out Friday morning or not. But I generally think this if you are allowed to work in our country for whatever you have done or are alleged to have done, if you're allowed to work, then there's nothing stopping you from from stopping him from playing this season. But that being said, I don't have to, as a GM, an owner, a coach, anybody, I don't have to be the one that gives him that opportunity, that brings that into my building. And the reaction of a lot of things has been troubling. The, the, the bottom line on this, as of our recording with the arbitrator's decision, is that she agreed that the NFL had carried its burden of proof and shown that on the cases that they presented, he had done these things. But that because of uh, the NFL's disciplinary precedents and her classifying this as a nonviolent sexual assault, which is a phrasing that I can't really wrap my head around, um, that six games is appropriate for this. And you're talking about right now there are 25 women who have filed civil suits against him 
And if I'm doing the math right there, then that is telling me that a, a woman is worth not very much. And you have people running the Browns like I, I've seen their coach, Kevin Stefanski, at the owners meetings with his family. And he's a guy that's got a wife and a daughter. Their uh, GM, Andrew Berry's got a wife and a daughter. And there's going to come a time where those kids are old enough to read about Deshaun Watson and the allegations against Deshaun Watson. And they're going to probably have some questions for the dads about why they're involved in this. But they're not the only ones. I mean, you, did, did you see the video over the weekend of fans uh, clamoring to get his autograph? It, at Browns? It was, I mean, it, it was this, nasty. there's nothing to celebrate here. And, and it puts the Browns in a weird position where it's like, how much are they going to do marketing and promoting around Deshaun Watson when he gets suspended six games and every the consensus outside of fans. And I'm sure, and I'm sure there are plenty of people in Cleveland who are not on board with this. That video is not probably representative of the entire fan base at all. Um, I just, I just don't see how I, I can't really wrap my head around this being all right. And I think if I had been a lifelong fan of this team, you know, I would probably have to suspend that for the time being while Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. It's uh, it's discouraging in a lot of different ways, but like hearing uh, Judge Sue Robinson's reasoning behind behind the six games, saying that the pattern of behavior was egregious, and I think you can't ask anybody who's who knows about this at all and disagree with that but to say that the behavior was non-violent sexual conduct and because of that eh, six games is so ridiculous because that's just basically saying well he didn't hit any of them right he have a he, weapon he wasn't like abusive abusive so to speak it was just non-violent sexual it's just it's it's like you said jason it's stomach turning and so many times in our society we push women to the side and this ruling this decision this reasoning continues to perpetuate that and i think if you're If you're the NFL, you're in a situation where you wanted, you've now appealed, you wanted a year. Now you want a, what you said, 17 games. I think that's what they're asking for on the appeal is a minimum of 17 games. So I I saw um, from that's what they were asking for in the, in the original um, petition to the arbitrator. Yes. Um, But it's, it's for you just and you talked about the the fans saying there was something that said like Deshaun's going to save us and all this other stuff like this is under his own admission he hired over 40 massage therapists in 17 months the new york times reported that it was 66 different massage therapists in that time span and it's just like at some point when is right right and wrong wrong yeah, and we're looking and at I, this through. I, you, you mentioned the arbitrator. You mentioned yeah. um, Judge Sue Robinson's report. She, you read this report, Russ, and it's like she's basically telling you she's agreeing with everything. And then she's saying six games. She's saying all these things that are alleged, uh, at least in, in our hearing, true, 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 six games. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and here's where my thinking changed on uh, this and that ruling of six games. Because I, too, once I heard six games, I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Um, but her reasoning also extended as blame that to the NFL, saying the NFL is trying to skirt itself by putting me in this position. And as the arbiter, she has to take into account what it's been collectively bargained. She's saying, look, you're trying to put it on me to overrule your own collectively bargained rules. To go against un- precedent. Right. To, to, to set a, 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 a new precedent. Again, albeit this is an unprecedented situation, but the arbiter can't do that. That's not the job of the arbiter. The arbiter is to look at the understanding of the laws of this current company and and uh, uh, de- is the word debilitate? Is that the word I'm looking for? Decide. I'll go simpler. Deliberate. <laughs> yeah. And decide based on your rules what's the fair judgment of an unbiased party. She mentioned that the NFL has never been proactive on these issues. They're always reactive. Yes. Um, and the reason why they don't have a, a rules or a at least a, a framework for her to work under is because they, they don't think proactively. So instead of them taking them saying to themselves, man, we really messed up. We don't have a rule for this. We didn't prepare for this. They're always reacting to the backlash instead of we should probably prepare after Ray Rice. We should probably prepare going forward because in the Ray Rice situation, they tried to they tried to reframework their own rules while trying to judge him. So that's my that's what now I think about that six games completely differently because she only had to work with what she was given. So I, I can't be mad at the arbiter for saying six games. When the NFL collectively bargained with the players, she's not technically allowed to give him more in that in that space. That falls back on Roger Goodell, who wanted this power in the first place. Now he doesn't want it. So now it's going to have to go back to him to set the new standard because that's what's collectively bargained. Not the arbiter. Judge, jury, and ex- executioner is Roger Goodell. And he's flopped. A lot in these situations and failed a lot lately in these situations. But if they if we all want justice in the framework that we deem it, it it's not going to come from the arbiter. She did what was legally right in, in the framework of what she was dealing with. It's on Roger Goodell now to be a leader and punish one of their most talented players at the most respected position. And it's going to I'm super interested to see what he does and what the players do to appeal that. I agree with you on the arbitration ruling in the sense that there were some parameters there that she had to work within and that some of those problems are on the league. I think to me, what I keep coming back to is I'm just disgusted by the Browns in all of this. And the reaction around some of this is just really disturbing to me. When you look at the Browns making this trade for him, and giving him this contract that you would never give anybody else in any other scenario where they said, Russ, do you know what he's making? Do you know what his base salary is this year? It's $700,000. That's the league minimum. He's going to make the league 
minimum salary this year, and then they're going to give him $46 million each of the next four years. Yes, yeah, the because they that, knew- that, that is as much of a middle finger as you could possibly give society about when it comes to trying to send any message about that. And it's because you're not trying, you don't care about that. They don't care about that. What they care about is getting the good football player on the field. But Deshaun Watson is a guy that like, how, how do you, how do you, how do you build a team around this? How do you sell this? How do you ask other people to work with him? Who, who's buying a Deshaun Watson Jersey at any point this year? One, a lot of, how does this work? Two, the, the, the most surprised, even more surprised than the public this week was the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns built this guy's contract, understanding that, yeah, he's probably going to be suspended for the season. That's why you go. That's why you make the base salary around a million dollars. That's why you go get Jacoby Brissett to be your backup. That's why you go bring in Josh, because you were under the assumption that the guy that you pay $250 million to would not be your starting quarterback this year. And, and you're trying to help him out because you're negotiating this contract. These teams are negotiating these con- this, this contract terms as part of the trade to be able to get him. You remember, he was basically in free agency, even though they were trading him. And so like, hey, hey, like, hey, we know, we know <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> we'll pay you yes. league minimum first year. How about that? In, in all this stuff. It's gross. Like even ju- the judge's uh, determination. She determined that he was guilty because she wouldn't have suspended him the sixth game. The league proved their case that there was certainly misconduct here. And the Browns making that contract to what it was, meaning they knew that they're that, – to me, that is a mission of, of, of guilt. On their part, for working this deal around where he loses the least amount of money in his first year because they knew he was going to get suspended, at least for that first year. So it's like, what are we – to me, it, it just goes back to the league. Like, what are we doing here? Like, again – allegedly, you know, he did all these things, but the arbiter found him guilty because she gave him six games. The league found him guilty because they didn't want to deliberate. They gave it to the arbiter. So it's like, if we all know he's out here dirty and being nasty, what are we doing? And then the fans, like the fan reaction has just been really bad. I've seen it on Twitter. It's like, if you are actively rooting for Deshaun Watson, you don't have a life. That means football is your everything. Like, it's it's tough to see people like do you have enough human decency to realize what this man did allegedly the uh the amount of victims that have come forth and possibly even more we don't even know that's just the people that came forward with uh with their grievance and you still choose to root and want his autograph and it's when it's that obvious to me in my opinion I don't know if I can I can overlook a lot of things. There's a lot of messed up stuff with the NFL. A lot of messed up stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we overlook. But when it's this obvious, in my opinion, I just I don't see how I can be a fan of that team. It's this obvious to the point you're right. There's so much overlooked. I mean, you have to do a lot to not be able to play in the NFL. It's uh, kind of a, a crazy sport. And this is to the point where it's like, can you, will you ever be able to watch him play and not have that be your first thought? All of these things that he's alleged to do. I mean, is, is, are, is the Browns going to go to the Super Bowl at some point while he's playing and win the Super Bowl? And then they're going to hand 
the trophy to Deshaun Watson on the podium. And you're going to be able to think of anything else first before you think, we've heard some things about this guy. They've actually proven some things about this guy in the arbitration hearing. He's settled 23 out of these 25 civil suits. Like, how do you, I, I, I don't think you can get to a point. I don't think I can get to a point where that's not the first thing I'm going to think of when I see him on TV. How do you talk about it? There are, they are a premier team now. They're going to be on they Monday won't. Night Football. They will not They're talk about it. I can, tell you that. Like, I can tell you that right now. They will. This will not be discussed for very long once he's back. This will be a conversation. The first game he's back right now, that first game he's back is going to be a Monday Night Football game. They'll talk about it then. When he's playing in primetime, Tony, on a Sunday night game in week 15 or whatever, and they're winning, this isn't going to be part of that broadcast. This is going to be something that eventually gets swept under the rug, or at least is attempted to. And Russ, you you were talking about, like, you know, valuing women, and does our society value women? Do Oh, I was saying we don't as a society. We don't. Flatly, yeah, we don't. I know. But to I that's – you know, I don't know. Do I expect more from a, a multi-billion-dollar corporation and billionaires that own professional sports teams? Probably not. But I would hope for more from society at large that there wouldn't be anybody celebrating this. And you, you look, you, you kind of trace this all the way back to the start, and you think about the guts that it takes to even bring this allegation against the famous person, against a very powerful celebrity. I mean, who in Houston would have more sway publicly than Deshaun Watson. You are really going for the top at the time when you bring that allegation. That is a uh, daunting task. And to follow through with that and do that, and I think I, I we can't really empathize with the alleged victims in these cases because none of us would have any concept of what that could be like, but you can try. And you could imagine what it must feel like to see him, to see this six-game suspension celebrated, and to see fans, you know, climbing over each other to get his autograph the other day. Part of the problem here for me, Russ, is that not only watching everyone else's reactions to this, but watching Deshaun Watson's reactions to this all along, and he has maintained his innocence, and he has that right. But the Haslam's, for example, put out a statement that said, the, the owners of the Browns saying that he's been remorseful. He's not been remorseful. He is all along. Uh, can he he has kind of he's never he's never done anything that is indicated that he's sorry about any of this because his strategy from the beginning was just to deny 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 except for settling 23 lawsuits out of 25 civil suits and settling a lawsuit is not it's neither uh, an exoneration nor an admission of guilt but i'm not out here facing 25 civil suits that are all the same and having to settle 23 of them. And wasn't, to your point, was it one of the the points that the judge made in her reasoning was that he wasn't remorseful? There, he has not been remorseful. Like that was, that was stated. That. That was, that's what she put in the, um, the statement that came out afterwards. Like he wasn't remorseful and all the investigations and everything it didn't. I, I just... He's been the it's, opposite. He's been defiant. I mean, even like some of his subtweets or whatever he's been putting on social media during all of this, it, it has been very defiant. He, even even when the aspect and another thing that the league is wants is mandatory treatment. 
he doesn't even think nothing's wrong. He doesn't even think that he had, that, that that there was something wrong done or an or a problem or an issue in terms of having that many masseuses. Like it's not registering to him. That should that should be a a a strong tell about the person that this is. It's like as, if you're his teammate. I mean, you'd be like, man, don't I can't hang around you. Don't say nothing to me. Like this is work. Like this is not a family. This is not none of that. Because I wouldn't want you around my family. What if somebody's out of all those people that work in that organization, one at least works in the medical field or of some sort. Somebody has a relative that works in the the medical treatment field. Out of all those people working for an organization, or what about the people in in the organization that do treatment, that do massages? It's like, are you gonna feel comfortable? With Deshaun Watson going in there after Absolutely all this? Not. No. What? I'm not working on him. Got out of here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russ, the uh, majority of our show has been about um, misbehavior, but I have some fun misbehavior I would like to tell you about. All right. The Miami Dolphins have been doing some fun misbehavior. Let's call it bullshit tone. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. I call bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgigglescom SA. And if you use our link, the one I just gave you, you will automatically get $23 off at checkout. No promo code needed. They are selling the mattress pre-orders right now still. And they are, uh, it says, going to ship in September. And they're they're stretching that offer out a little bit more. You can still get $200 off on the pre-order. Plus, you can get another $23 off if you use our link. So that uh, going to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA, you would get $223 off. Your pre-order of the mattress. The mattress is made with eucalyptus and latex and coils. It's all about comfort. It's all about airflow and keeping you cool. It'll go. Uh, it'll look really nice uh, wrapped up in those sheets and giggles sheets. Go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. Russ, the Dolphins have been doing some bad things and they got found out. And uh, most of it's funny. Some of the Brian Flores stuff is less funny. But the Dolphins were uh, found to have tampered. The NFL did their investigation. They they were found to have tampered with Tom Brady twice. Once while he was under contract with the Patriots, once while he was under contract with the Bucks. They also tampered with Sean Payton. They were trying to put together this amazing Sean Payton, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to own part of the team combination and uh they were they I, I appreciate the effort, but they uh they were not very slick about any of it and they've been found out for all of it and are giving up a first round pick in the upcoming draft because of it. So uh, what I would like to call bullshit on is Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross's statement that a, 
this investigation cleared them on the Brian Flores front. That is not true. In fact, there is quite a bit of confirmation in there. And, uh, and B, that he disagrees with the ruling on tampering. But in the interest of this great season that the Dolphins are going to have, uh, he wants to just let it go and move on. He's not going to fight it. He definitely did that. A hundred percent. He a hundred percent did it. And like, I, <laughs> I just, I, I don't, one, it's funny. It's, it's, it's funny. funny. It's funny. It's, this can be funny. It is this funny. It's funny. It's funnier because it didn't work. Like if it worked and they got found out, it's like, eh, yeah, well, we still got Russ, Tom Brady. We still got Sean Russ, Pete. But Russ, they not, didn't not, do not, they the, didn't. not the first time, by the way, either. Do you no. remember the fiasco where they tried to hire uh, Jim Harbaugh while they still had a coach? They flew out there to interview Harbaugh, and they got found out after not getting Jim Harbaugh. They got found out, and it became public that they were trying to get Jim Harbaugh to replace, uh, I think it was Tony Sperano. They are not good at this. No. They're bad at tampering. <laughs> Man, that dude, Ross, he just want to win. <laughs> he just he doesn't win know how to so do it. Bad. Yeah, he's bad at it. He's so bad at it. But our guy, our guy Chris Cody was saying that like this is the happiest he's ever been with uh Steven Ross. I heard it, I saw a clip uh from him on Levitard show saying that this makes him feel better about Steven Ross because Steven Ross was going for it, doing whatever it takes to win. He just isn't good at that. Yeah, I mean subtlety, he like how annoying he must be like in those owner meetings. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can't even hide it. It's like, come on. At least try. Right, at least try to hide it. Like, we all know there's tampering going on, but you're inviting people on boats in public? Like, what is wrong with you? And, and not, not, not only that, you know who has to be pissed. Mike McDaniel, your first year head coach coming yeah. over from the 49ers, trying to put his stamp on this roster, and you take away – a, a, a draft pick that's very valuable yeah. next year. He's probably like, bro, I didn't even do nothing. I just got here. Y'all taking away my draft picks. I could say what happened, uh, the the fumbling of the bag by Stephen Ross is the reason why Mike McDaniel was there. Remember? They were worried, to, you know, they were about to be sued for being racist. And they hired a half black. So he benefited from the entire situation. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how Mike McDaniel would describe himself. What do you do? Uh, the Flores stuff, though, Russ, is uh, a, a little more concerning, but I'm still calling bullshit on Stephen Ross, claiming victory on that. Um, that's not really the case to me. I, this was quite a fun and interesting email that I got uh, from the NFL with all these details in it about the investigation. Um, this does basically confirm Brian Flores's claim. The investigation confirms that Stephen Ross made a comment to him to the effect of paying $100,000 for each loss. Now, the report says that, and this was, I believe, in 2019 to improve their draft pick for 2020. The report says that one such comment is claimed is a claimed offer by Mr. Ross to pay Coach, Coach Flores $100,000 to lose games, as to which there are differing recollections about the wording, timing, and context. However phrased, such a comment was not intended uh, or taken to be a serious offer, nor was the subject pursued in any respect by Mr. Ross or anyone else at the club. Uh, that sounds like he said something he shouldn't have said, and then later he's like, I was just kidding. It was just a joke. Just joking. 
It was such a it was such a uh, a joke, such a non serious uh, offer that Brian Flores put it in writing uh, in a in a, as a concern to team executives at, at different points. It says that he contacted, uh, I believe it was three or four different team executives about this thing that was so unserious that it caused him to alert his superiors to it. So shout out to uh, shout out to Stephen Ross for denying everything when it's clear that he pretty much did everything. Uh, the league is very adamant, though, that the Dolphins did not tank. They did not lose on purpose in 2019 uh, because that if that got out would be really bad for business overall, especially when you're uh, doing all these advertisements and partnerships with sports gambling companies. I Call Bullshit is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles. You can go to sheetsgiggles.com slash SA. That's our link. You'll automatically get $23, a $23 discount applied to your card at checkout. You can get the sheet set, the comforter, the duvet, duvet cover. You can even get some flannel sheets, uh, flannel sheet set from them. Uh, if you're getting ready for winter time or you want to get somebody a nice gift, it's a hybrid of cotton and eucalyptus. So it'll still be, it'll keep you warm, but it'll still be comfortable. And really the big thing right now is the mattress. The mattress is going to be every bit as good as the sheets. I'm sure you can go on there right now and they're giving you $200 off a pre-order ships in September. Uh, you can get the extra $23 off. If you use our link sheetsgiggles.com slash S a. So guys, we've talked about the live golf tour on here a lot. Uh, and I've talked about golf more in the last three, four months or so because of the live golf tour controversy than I have in years, maybe in my life. And I think one of the reasons it interests me so much, and I think we've talked about it on this podcast is it's the first time we've seen somebody go up or a, a league go up against an established league and have success. Like they are taking some of the biggest names in all of golf and bringing them over to the live golf tour. And now obviously it came out earlier this week uh, as their commissioner, CEO, Greg Norman, former uh, golfer in on the PGA tours, one majors, etc., cetera, um, was discussing their offer to Tiger Woods. Now it came out a couple of months ago that the offer to Tiger was close to a billion dollars, right? The exact number, which came out this week, was around $800 million. Insane. Now I want to ask you guys this. If they offer you $800 million, your answer is what, Tony Gill? I couldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. Because the simple question is, how much for your morality? That's a real question. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah. I, I, will, I will hope mine is is a little bit more than that. But yeah, I, I couldn't do it, man. This it's, it's hush money. It's cover up money. You know, it's like you you can't buy to cover up your sins, man. This is not it's not cool. Like how how much is money worth to you? I think is also the question too. You know, if you're a golfer, you know you're making good money. So it's like. Really, how how much is it worth to you, and how many? How much is the gym, the the mental gymnastics in your head going through to be able to be like, yes, I will take this money. 
if you have to do all that to convince yourself, you gotta ask why. You gotta you gotta ask yourself why. Why do why do I need this money? Jason, I saw your face when uh, Tone said no, and I'm right there with you, buddy. Go ahead. It's probably because eight hundred million dollars sounds like a cartoon number. It doesn't seem real to you. Uh, Tiger Woods is a billionaire, but I don't think he's like a multi-billionaire. So that would that would be still significant money to him, especially after so, the divorce. <laughs> let me try to put it in terms that might actually hit home with you, Tone. What what if there? What if Live Golf was trying to put together a podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. And they offer you a million dollars to produce their podcast for a year. Mm-hmm. You're turning that down. Yeah. First of all, I think Tony's lying about turning down $800 million. Nah, I wouldn't take it. Tony, there's no way in hell you're turning down a billion dollars. That's basically what that number is. Like, $800, a billion. That's what it is. I think this is when reading got me, because I read what the Saudis did to that American journalist. And if I hadn't read that, I would probably take it. But to read what happened in the details, man. I, I'd be sick after taking it, thinking about that, knowing what they're trying to do and what they're obviously trying to do, and me partaking in that. There's a uh, there's a, a comparison I want to make, and I'm trying to decide if I should make it. So here in our country, there are a lot of things that people do mental gymnastics over for free. Mm-hmm that are maybe not equivalent equivalent, but pretty close in a lot of ways to what you read. Mm-hmm. And people stand by and go about their business as if nothing happened. That doesn't make it right, but that's mm-hmm. just me saying people do it for free all the time. And I'm going to just to play devil's advocate here. I'm mm-hmm. going to say this. If you're a guy who was a golfer on the PGA tour you're good enough to be on the tour because everybody doesn't get to be on. You weren't Tiger. You weren't Brooks Kepka, You weren't any of those guys, but you were pretty good. Maybe won some pool money or some, uh, got a, diff, a top 10 money. And then an opportunity comes along where it's like, Hey, here's $50 million. Here's $75 million. Here's a hundred million dollars where your career was going to be, scrapping together top 25 finishes to do okay for yourself, right? But in one fell swoop, here's $100 million. Are you, if you're thinking of it as, all right, in three generations, my grandkids aren't going to have to worry about anything. I think you can make the argument a lot of guys are thinking about it that way. I think you can make the argument that a lot of guys are just saying, well, I want to have $100 million. I don't think you're wrong if you said that, but I I think the number I think in, in what in Jason's example a million dollars if they were offering guys a million dollars I think it would be easier for guys to say no. The numbers and the money got so big, where I don't think the PJ Tour thought that it would get to this point. Like I think they're shocked that it's gotten here where the best golfers on the PGA tour are now live golfers and had tiger gone over there. I think you could, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that the PGA tour would be in trouble as we currently know it. 
because now it, it's it's close to being on the border of being in trouble because you've now gotten Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and Ian Poulter and like real legitimate uh, major winning golfers over there. Who knows where we are in a year? Who knows where we are in two years? Yeah, they're not going to be able to compete the the tour with the money, you know, that's out there. And look, the tour, I'm not saying the tour is all that great either. Like the way they handled the Tiger stuff, acting like Tiger was assaulting people, you know, when him and his wife had uh, a bad divorce, public divorce, and kind of ringing them out there, like as their whipping boy. Like that was weird. That was very off putting, very, uh, own ownership mentality over uh a man which was which was weird so i'm not championing the pga tour but man like I, you got to be able to explain that you know to your kids to your you know to your families that like man we we were doing okay but i just had to <sighs> I mean, I don't listen, know. maybe, so maybe I, it's just me. I, I get you. No, Tone. no, that's our whole show today. Our whole show is dirty money, dirty business. Because here's my thing, Tone. It's a uh, there's a difference between doing okay and doing eight hundred million up okay. Like that's a different level. Like I'm doing okay. I'm not eight hundred million up okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of guys, that that's the that's that's what separates it. Like, and I look, you talked about it like they can't compete. They've already had to make changes with more prize money, with no cut tournaments, because guys saw that at Live and said, they're not cutting guys. I could play 18 holes from an, an entire weekend and know I'm going to get paid at the end of it. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll see y'all later. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where this goes. We're in the first th- couple of months of it, and we've already seen seismic shifts in the sport. So in another six months, who knows? Uh, Tony Gill, littest producer in the game, even has a T-shirt from Homage that says that. Let's pay Homage. Homage, H-O-M-A-G-E. It's time to give honor to whom honor is due. I take the cash and I take the respect. Give it up, give it up, give it up. We just want our respect. To some people, that's more important. It's time to pay homage. And I want my damn respect, too. Presented by our friends in Homage Clothing. Russ, let's let's pay homage. Uh, you can you can go to Homage right now and get any number of great graphic tees. You see Russ has the NBA Jam, uh, Curry and Thompson one. I got the Ken Griffey Jr., Swedish Swing in Baseball, Steph Curry, uh, comic book T-shirt on Tony today. They've got everything, man. They've got licensed NFL, NBA, MLB. They've got team shirts, player shirts. They've got a really, really broad selection of Chicago shirts. If you're listening to us in Chicago, we're a Chicago-based show, so I assume a lot of you are also Chicago-based. You can go to Homage and get 20% off. They always have sales and deals going on. You can also get 20% off. In addition to that, by using our promo code SPORTS20, SPORTS20. 
Uh, and they've got all kinds of things beyond the sports graphic t-shirts. They've got pop culture. They've got hoodies, joggers, shorts, all kinds of things. Russ, I am paying homage to Juan Soto. I told you at the top we would talk about the Juan Soto trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, the winner of the Juan Soto trade in my book is Juan Soto. Shout out to Juan Soto. Paying homage to him. The guy turned down a basically almost half a billion dollar deal and I think everything worked out really, really well for him. He ends up on a good team in San Diego, good place to live. I'm sure that they didn't trade for him without knowing what he was going to want in a contract eventually, although they've got him for two more years. And Juan Soto, in his introductory press conference, talking about how good they're going to be with uh, him and Tatis and Machado, it says, uh, I wish good luck to other pitchers. Uh, they end up yeah. trading Machado at the end of that. No, but uh, here's my thing that their first game together, they don't even have Fernando Tatis Jr. yet. Uh, they're at the time of this recording leading the Colorado Rockies nine to one. So he was correct. Uh, yeah, now listen, man, it, I'm still shocked that a 23 year old superstar like that got moved because I believe that you got to build around that person and not trade them, however. They're going to have him for two more years. They have two guys who already have $300 million deals on that roster. I have a hard time believing that they can afford to pay a guy $500 million after that. But the next two and a half years are going to be a lot of fun watching them try to win a World Series. Not Juan Soto's problem. He, no, uh, no, no, no. He's very happy with how all of this has worked out. That's he's why you pay Scott winner. Boris the big bucks. Yep. Russ, who are you paying homage to? I am paying homage to the late, great Bill Russell who passed just a few days ago, but he meant so much to not only the game of basketball, I think you make the argument that he's the greatest winner in American sports, but what he meant off the court as an activist to the civil rights movement and really allowing uh, African-American athletes to have a voice. But before I get to that part, I want to read some some things off. Uh, Bill Russell, I think it can sometimes get forgotten how good some of these players uh, were. Bill Russell, Hall of Famer, 12-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA player, 11-time NBA champ, 5-time MVP. They He won the NBA Finals his rookie year. Then they didn't win it the next year. And then they rattled off eight championships in a row. I mean, so I don't uh, like this losing stuff. Yeah, it's like whatever this losing thing was is terrible. Let's just keep winning and like not stop. Um, fantastic player, member of top seven, uh, 75 all time um, or anniversary team and is in many people's top 10 of all time as he should be. But what Mr. Bill Russell did playing in a city like Boston that has a history of racism uh, and was winning that city championship after championship after championship and him being treated like dirt. And his daughter has an excerpt out that I think a lot of people have shared on social of how they treated him uh, when he'd go on the road and he'd come back and trash cans were kicked over. People have broken in their house, stolen things, uh, put the N word in their home defecated in his or her her parents bed like all these terrible things that people had done to him 
in the city that he was trying to win for. Um, but still saying, you know what? I have an opportunity to be a voice for, for black people in a time where black people didn't have many people in the public eye they could look up to. Uh, there is no um, LeBron James being able to speak out on things he speaks out on without a guy like Bill Russell. And he rubbed elbows with the Muhammad Ali's, with the Jackie Robinson's, with the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, the people who were out in the forefront of making this world a better place and making it a better place for athletes, especially black athletes. So um, I'm paying homage to the life and legacy of Bill Russell. We will not only never forget him, but we will continue to try to honor his legacy and push people of color and black people forward uh, because he worked his entire life to, to do that. Also, one of the most beloved figures we've had in sports, but especially in basketball and was a generation connector. I talk about that on the show a lot, but cause I think it's so important because when we talk about the older players, it's always, Oh, well back in my day type of guys, but Bill Russell embraced all the different generations of players that came after him and guys, whether they played in the eighties or the nineties or right now love Bill Russell. He was still around too. He yeah. was kind of like the NBA grandpa. You would always see yes. him at games and things like that. And uh, yeah, that was really cool. The way he just kind of stayed part of the family in that way. So that was a very touching tribute, Russ. It was very nice. Tony, who are you paying homage to today? I'm, I'm, I'm scared of whatever this is going to be. I am paying homage to uh, now current Atlanta Hawk, uh, DeJounte Murray. Uh, And for this reason, he posted on his Instagram story uh, saying this to my NBA brothers. If you healthy and love hooping, man, get out there to these programs. So these kids and people who can afford to see us be able to see us for free. We ain't too big for that bleep. And I got to respect that because he's right. People in the inner city, people in uh, in communities where they can't afford to attend professional basketball games, this is their only opportunity to see a professional live, uh, unless they see like a Derrick Rose or somebody in their own community, their neighborhood, kind of shoot up the charts of okay, this kid's going to the league, but they don't have those opportunities. So when NBA players go out to those programs and get some some run in which they do need they're still going to practice so to get some run in uh in front of a crowd that everybody and i love programs i love programs uh when i think when uh chicago did one the shy city league uh i i tried to go as many of those when they were hosting here uh because you know everybody in that building loves basketball like if there's no distracting people don't care about entertainment people don't care about just having something to do people don't care about the food people are there to enjoy basketball and it's rare that you get that many people focused on one thing and that's the love of basketball and i love basketball it's my favorite sport um it's always gonna be my favorite sport Uh, my dad gave that to me that's his favorite sport so Whenever there's a large crowd of people just enjoying basketball, the truest essence of basketball and players, I think, miss that in certain ways. There's so much commercialism and so much other things involved in the NBA game. It's hard to really focus if you're not like on the elite level. 
So going back to their roots of when they started playing basketball, when they fell in love with basketball, surrounded by people that just love basketball, it really brings out different types of a different type of uh, a player out there where they get to show off and have a personality and like get into it without, you know, the refs, you know, interrupting and stuff like that, because it's just a bunch of people that love basketball and love the game. So shout out to LeBron and DeMar DeRozan and Trey Young and John Collins, Chet Holmgren, uh, like all those players that went out there to the, you know, Jamal crossover uh, event and the Drew League, like all those players that are showing love to the real fans of basketball out there by playing pro-ams. What's funny, Russ, is I could easily see him doing a tribute to Kyrie Irving for bailing on the Drew League, but either way. <laughs> Tony, that was good. That'd be great. Do that every time instead of something we have to edit out like you did a couple weeks ago. Good promise. job, bud. Thank you. I know. I know you can't. I know that's asking too much. Pay homage is brought to you by homage. They supply the shirts for our show. We love uh, everything they've got over there. Shorts, sweatpants, hoodies, uh, long sleeve, short sleeve, graphic tees. They've got licensed MLB, NBA, NFL teams, players, a lot of throwback stuff, NBA jam type stuff uh, like the shirt Russ has on today. Um, They've got stuff from Top Gun, Caddyshack. The Office, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're going to find something you like on there. And when you do, use our promo code SPORTS20, SPORTS20, and you'll save 20% at homage. Russ, have you been following Bears training camp at all, by the way? <laughs> Unfortunately, I have been following the uh, the newsy portion of it regarding their – Former second round pick. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. Just fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Yeah, back, back, back again. Is that time of year, baby? That's not even what I was going to go to. I was going to ask him about eight other things, but uh, but everything's fine with the Bears as it as it always is. You don't have anything to worry about. Everything's fine. Uh, just one, except one, the things we have to worry about. Yeah, which there could be a lot this year, to be honest with you. Um, just one thing that's come up already. Uh, are you familiar with Tevin Jenkins? <laughs> he, unfortunately, I am. So everybody looks at things differently, and let's just uh, let's use him for example. Ryan Pace, you remember him? He used to run the Bears. Uh, he looked at Tevin. He Jenkins. got fired. He did. Uh, he got seven yeah. years first. Uh, yes. And yes. He did. Well, in the 2021 draft, Russ Ryan Pace saw Tevin Jenkins sitting there and thought, "This is the left tackle for the Chicago Bears for the next decade." Even as the rest of the league was like, "I don't know, he's got back trouble." And even as the rest of the league was also like, yeah, and also he's a right tackle uh, most of his life. I don't know. I don't know. Ryan Pace was like, I know this. So he traded up, got Tevin Jenkins, number 39 overall. He's going to be their left tackle forever. Uh, new staff comes in, slightly different opinion, uh, that he may not even make their roster. Tevin Jenkins has missed a week of training camp with some unspecified injury. And, uh, you know, our, our buddy Herb Howard, who also covers the Bears, mm-hmm. the, the first day that Tevin was out, Herb and I were sitting there talking and we were like trying to figure out why is he hurt, you know, or why is he out? What's going on? Is he hurt? Is he this? Is he that? And, and we between the two of us realized uh, it doesn't really matter. 
because even if he is healthy, they don't have a place for this guy. They've made clear Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus from the day they got here that they're not really in on Tevin Jenkins. And right now, he would at best be fourth in line at tackle. And a lot of times when you're fourth in line at tackle, you're not making the final cut because they're only going to keep three backups and they need guys that do different things. You could keep two tackles, but it doesn't always happen. So uh, this one is a good one to call everything's fine because Tevin Jenkins' only comment during all this is that everything's fine. He says on Twitter responding to a fan, quote, I'm good. Don't believe everything you read. Yo, everything's so he fine. gets traded for a seventh conditional seventh-round pick. I hope he gets traded for his own sake. That that was part of what I was thinking when he was out. It's like, this guy needs to get traded. They, they don't have a spot for him. And if you move sooner than later, you might be able to get more for him if there was another team that was high on him in the draft. But also for his sake, like you don't want to just keep losing years sitting on the bench on a team that doesn't have a spot for you. Get that restart as soon as you can. If he got traded, that would be a good thing for him. And how fitting is it that Ryan Pace isn't even – controlling this roster anymore and yet and still he got high draft picks either not making rosters or getting traded off rosters because they weren't good enough i think my only thing is is like you know he is a second round pick and if it wasn't for his back uh, other teams would have considered him potentially in a late first round my thing is is like you don't even see what he looks like in pads like they think they know. They think they've they seen know. more than enough. I mean, they've seen his college film. They've seen his film from last year. There's a, a striking difference of opinion between what the old staff and the new staff think of him. Uh, but they even see him in person. That's that's my thing. They they, they, they had, never though. saw him. not the training no. camp just started. But they, not with pads though. What I'm saying is like at least before you put that out there, right? You could be already thinking, all right, we're going to put him on the block. But to do it before you see him in pads. It's like, I mean, but, right, what if, but if he's hurt, but he's, he's hurt, recovered. it doesn't matter. But it, I don't care what he says. I mean, he could just I, be I trying to be. save face. He could be just trying to save face. Why wouldn't you? Tone, they had, they drafted. Also, him. he wasn't good last year, but neither here nor there. He wasn't. And there's some circuit, like I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that. He was hurt for so long and it was at the worst possible time to miss all of the preseason and, the, and then be thrown in there in December. But it wasn't good when he got in there. Uh, they looked at him, though. I, I couldn't even tell you if Tevin Jenkins is a, is a good offensive lineman or going to be a good offensive lineman. I can mm-hmm. just kind of read the signs of what I'm getting, what I've been picking up from Poles and Eberflus from the time they got here, which is that they don't think he is. And Tone, they go and draft a fifth round guy, Braxton Jones, out of Southern Utah. And very, very quickly, he's getting left tackle snaps ahead of Tevin Jenkins. And then on the eve of training camp, they sign Riley Reef, who has been around a long time. But And so he's a guy you recognize. He was on the Super Bowl uh, Bengals last year, but he was sitting around unsigned in late July. And they thought, this is still better than Tevin Jenkins. So, I mean, they've, they've told you what they think of Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, and the, and 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 it would it is not in his interest to continue to stay in that situation. He needs that restart, probably in Atlanta. Ryan Pace is in Atlanta. Maybe they'll trade for him, Russ. Yeah, I mean, my only thing is, is like, man, what I've learned in the seven years of Ryan Pace, just because they got the job, don't assume that they're smart. So I'm gonna just let it play out, see what happens. Tony, do you my, ha- to, to your point, Tone. There are probably a lot of teams that wouldn't have drafted him. 
there were a lot of teams that didn't draft him. So there you go. Only because of the injury, not because of his lack of skill. Yeah, but that's important. That's Agreed. a big deal. Agreed. It's a big but deal. I, again, I don't want to assume that any whole, regime is smart until it's the, proven. The whole drafting injured players thing has always been something like, unless it's like a leg break or a torn ACL, like bad backs, man, for a dude that big. It's neither here nor there. Go ahead, Jason. Well, I was wondering if we could hear from Ryan Pace. Uh, either Tone is Ryan Pace either upset with Ryan Poles for destroying the uh, great six and eleven roster that he put together, or maybe Ryan Pace uh, trying to make a deal to get Tevin Jenkins to Atlanta. Do you have either of those for us? Uh, hey Ryan, as a fellow Ryan, you know I I don't I, uh, how about you make a deal with me, huh? You know I'm, I'm in Atlanta. You know I'm look, looking up to pick up some of uh, some of the guys that drafted. Hey, if you don't want them, let's let's make something happen. You know I'm fired up. I liked the, uh, as a fellow Ryan, Russ, that part was good. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes, please. Well, you're going to actually have to deliver some of it for us because I, I want to start by going through some baseball news that's happened, and I want to go to our MLB insider, Ross Dursey, for this. So you already gave us, uh, you already gave us some thoughts on uh, the Juan Soto trade mm-hmm. during pay homage, and that was that was helpful and illustrative to me but a uh, question for you about and i hope i'm pronouncing this right jordan alvarez of the astros stud is it jordan or jordan no it's jordan jordan i had it right the first time well uh what ha- what happened the other day that he got uh he-, he struck out but they let him keep hitting he had three strikes and they did not call him out in the game uh they let him keep hitting and he actually ended up grounding out while having three strikes not gonna lie to you buddy didn't see it. All right. MLB outsider Ross Durst. <laughs> it's a lot of baseball games, man. Uh, did you happen to see what happened with uh, the Royals reliever Amir Garrett at Comiskey this week? Uh, please explain it. Please explain it. Whatever it's called. I call it Comiskey. Uh, he threw he threw a cup of water at a fan. Because a fan behind the dugout because a fan had been heckling him, which this seems to happen. Uh, this seems to happen. More often than I would like it to down there, where uh, the fans are are getting out of hand, taunting uh, opposing players. Um, Amir Garrett called out the, uh, quote, insane disrespect uh, and asked, quote, how miserable do you have to be with your own life to do that? But then a day later, he took kind of the higher road and was apologizing for it and saying players are held to a higher standard and uh, that he hopes that the fan can forgive him. And that he's human and he made a mistake by reacting that way. I, I get it that these guys can't be throwing things back and getting in fights with fans and malice in the palace and all that. But we are asking a lot for these guys to just basically be robots and not react to stuff like this. Because in real life, if you get heckled for that long, you probably are getting a drink thrown at you. Likely. Yes. I'm going to lean uh, with uh, Amir Garrett on this one. I doubt it was someone of the community. Also, uh, it was It was not. It was not. It, like for, there's, for vi- Amir, there's video and it was not. For Amir Garrett specifically, I think people know he has a, a quick trigger. He's, not, he's a guy that uh, is very passionate and emotional around the game. His uh, battles with Javi Baez are well documented. But 
from all accounts, everything I know is a really nice guy. Um, and so you got to kind of just go overboard out of the way to like really get him to go to that point where he throws something at somebody. Yeah. And uh, Russ, uh, probably uh, the, one of the biggest stories in baseball this week was uh, legendary broadcaster Vince Scully of the Dodgers passing away at 94. And there's so many great clips of Vince Scully. I was just watching the one today of him describing uh, Madison Baumgartner and his wife uh, killing a snake and then finding a jackrabbit baby inside the snake and nursing it back to health. And he's telling this whole story, this whole, and it's very interesting. And he's just, you know, there's a pitch here and there he goes, strike one to whoever. And it's just, it's so smooth. It's so effortless. He was so fun to listen to for a long time. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on Vince Scully and what he meant to baseball? I mean, this is a guy who was the voice of baseball. He his he's ingrained in the fabric of Major League Baseball. Like he called games for six decades. He called Brooklyn Dodgers games. Yes, like his his history stretches back to the Brooklyn Dodgers, from Jackie Robinson to then your Steve Garvey's to your Clayton Kershaw's, Matt Kemp. Kirk Gibson in the world. See, like he's he's in, involved in so much of baseball history, not just with the Dodgers, both in LA and in Brooklyn, but he called 25 World Series. Right. And when you think of the legends of play by play, he was the bar. He was the standard. He he is the guy for so many play by play people around not only baseball, but in sports. And I think when we think of Howard Cosell, when I think of or when I think of the legends of broadcasting, you think of Howard Cosell and you think of uh, Vince Scully. Right. Those are the two guys that are giants. And I think how my my parents and your parents look at Howard Cosell and what he did for so long is how these generations that grew up with Vince Scully will remember him like a Howard Cosell. Like this guy was the standard for so many broadcasters. Uh, in major American sports. And I I just think when you heard uh, it's time for Dodger baseball, no matter what fan you were or what team you were a fan of, you were going to say, ah, oh, well, yeah, I can listen to this. And had such a calm, soothing, iconic voice. Uh, it, it was he, a, an absolute legend in the space of broadcasting. Baseball is such a, is there such an art to, doing play-by-play for baseball, especially when you're just doing the same team for 162 games and you're in, you're there every night or every day or whatever. And there's a lot of downtime in a baseball broadcast. You have to be somebody that can carry fill it. that. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to carry it. But there's a, even that, like, you can do too much. And I think he just had just the right handle on that. He would tell stories and it would, and he'd be able to weave the game into it. It was, uh, it was effortless, really. Uh, speaking of institutions, Russ, uh, when's the last time you've been to Soldier Field? Uh, it's been a long time. Long, long time. Let, let kind of, uh, you know, I want to say legendary. I don't know if legendary is the right word, but uh, well-known stadium. Um, as someone now that has been to most of the uh, NFL stadiums, I would say that most of them are nicer. And that's probably why the Bears are looking at Arlington Heights has a place to build a new one, build a dome, all of that. Uh, Bears rookie Jaquan Brisker, a safety second-round pick, had never been there. Uh, but he had seen it many times on Madden 
<laughs> and he was kind of comparing, contrasting those experiences after his first visit to Soldier Field. And now, Tony Gill reads. What's up, fellas? Hey, just regular Tony Gill here. Tony Gill with glasses cannot make it. So um, Tony, that means Tony forgot his glasses at his yeah. house. Yeah, now I'm uh, I'm uh, Tony Gill with contacts. <laughs> Bears rookie Jaquan Brisker on being surprised that Soldier Field wasn't as much of a dump as he expected. <clears throat> I would say on Madden. It looks different on Madden. So in person, it looks better. When I actually saw the stadium, I'm like, whoa, this is actually nice. <laughs> Madden, it makes it look a little eh, a little iffy. But yeah, it looks good out here. Does it look that bad on Madden? I don't play Madden. Is the field like all brown and chewed up? <laughs> the field actually looks better on Madden than it does actually on Sundays. <laughs> so Jaquan's going to learn very quickly about how, how quickly things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ, would you like some fashion news? Oh, I'm a big fashion guy. Yeah, yeah, I know you are. So you'd probably you could probably use this information. Are you aware of the uh, the newest men's fashion trend? Uh, depends. Uh, explain. It's wearing skirts. Oh, well, wasn't in on that one. Oh well, maybe not yet. At least uh, <laughs> this this came to my attention recently when uh, when Brad Pitt wore a skirt to the premiere of his movie Bullet Train. And Tony, before you start with, I know what you're going to say. The next celebrity that I saw wearing one of these skirts was ASAP Rocky. He was wearing a knee length. He's been wearing a long time. And then I learned, Russ, that he's been doing that for a while. He's a trendsetter. So uh, how how popular does this have to get before uh, before you'll try it? No, Russell Dorsey isn't going to be trying that. And and I'm not I, I don't knock it. I'm not knocking it because I think there's some people who can pull it off. I just, just not me. It's just, I've decided that's not one of the things that I can pull up. I, I was researching this as uh, you know, part of my show prep and ASAP Rocky gave a, a kind of a, 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 a thought out explanation of why he chose to do this, that he, you know, he wants to go counter to cultural norms and he, he explained it very well. And then uh, at the bullet train premiere, they asked Brad Pitt why he was wearing one. And his answer was the breeze. Drew Brees. No, the actual Brees. And finally, Russ, uh, I'm sure you've heard of guard dogs, but I have a story for you about a guard cat. Okay. A, which, you know, how is that even going to be possible? You're wondering. You're just, you're on the edge of your seat. Like, how's it going to be a guard cat? I, I can't I'm wait to hear the rest of this. Curious. Yeah. I'm not sitting like I usually am, just hoping this will be over quickly so we can end the show. I really want to hear about this guard cat. A 68-year-old retiree in Mississippi says that his cat alerted him to a break-in in his home. Multiple burglars trying to break into his back door at 3 a.m., and his 20-pound cat woke him up. First, the cat was meowing in the kitchen, and the guy's like, what's going on with that? And But he just kind of let it go. And uh, then the cat came running into his bedroom, jumped up on the bed, clawed the covers off, and just started clawing and scraping at his arms. And they, uh, the guy, Fred Everett, said... She had never done that before. I went, what in the world is wrong with you? So he looks around, Russ, and he sees two men trying to break in the back door. And uh, one of them's got a gun. One of them's got a crowbar. And so Fred Everett says, I'm not, this is not okay. 
And so he goes and he gets uh, he gets gets his gun. And when he comes back, the guys have uh, have run off. Maybe he turned the lights on or something, and that's what scared him off. And so this cat saved him from uh, potentially dangerous confrontation. It's got to be like the first cat ever to not mooch off its owner and actually do something. Yes, probably. Yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out, shout out to the cat. Guess what the cat's name was? Tony. Bandit. Bandit. Ah. Ah. Okay. It's funny. That's that's actually pretty. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, see? Yeah. It's funny. He foiled some bandits. Well, we thank uh, News Incorporated for giving us that news. That's, that's the news. Do, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Sports Adjacent. As always, we like to thank our fine sponsors, Sheets and Giggles. You can get $23 off. Uh, or you can get $223 off if you're getting the mattress. They're offering $200 off or the shattress, as Chris Cody likes to call it. Blow it back I want out. that. I want that shattress so much. Blow it back out. That's it. You know what time it is. Um, if you you'd like to do that, you could go to sheetsgiggles.com forward slash SA to get $23 off. If you get the mattress, they'll throw $200 on top of that. We'd also like to thank our fine friends over at homage for providing apparel for the show they are a wonderful sponsor the the apparel that they have on their website i know you 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 believe us because we're very trustworthy guys but if you didn't go to the website check out what they have they have shirts t-shirts they have hoodies they have long sleeves they have crew necks like i said i'm gonna start getting ready for for fall winter time get some get some uh some hoodies that are great. Going to get some joggers. They have the whole shebang bang on Amage's website. You can use our promo code SPORTS20. That's SPORTS20 to get 20% off your first purchase at Amage.com. Tony, you know what time it is. Sheets and Giggles, the official sponsor of the Chicago Commandos, really takes care of you if you want to go commando. Really takes the, care of me. What is that? What is the Chicago Commandos? You go commando. Oh, and so if you're from Chicago. Like a, that's not like a minor league soccer team around here or anything. No, no. Just go commando. Y'all good. But why is Sheets and Giggles, why are they sponsoring that? They're bed sheets. Uh, because it's the only sheets that makes you feel good going commando. I will say, he has a point. He makes points. He makes points. I would never okay. go commando with other sheets. Mm-mm. Cut you up. <laughs> Sandpaper. Yeah, I don't want sandpaper sheets. Give me the eucalyptus. Captain Crunch sheets. Don't want to get a scuff. Yeah, the Captain Crunch cut up all the things that you don't want cut up sheets. Yeah, no, I'll stick with the fine eucalyptus sheets from Sheets and Giggles. Um, Gentlemen, anything else before that the fine folks go? Nope. That'll cover it. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. And I don't think I had anything that we didn't. I mean, we covered all the news we didn't get to. No, so. no, no. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.